This is Lee Ridley. Uh, I was lucky enough to achieve two promotions with Scunford United, but nothing compares to the joy experience when listening to the Aryan Hour podcast. Just a heads up, this podcast contains strong language. You know the good stuff. If this isn't for you, turn off now. For the rest of you, now fucking enjoy the podcast. Right, listeners, thanks for tuning in once again to another episode of the Iron Hour podcast. I'm your host, as always, Barra, and I'm joined by my usual panel. I'll kick off with you, first of all, published author, Max Bell. How are you doing, Max? All the better for seeing you, Barra. Uh, how's, how's Gareth? How's Marco? Very well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's quiet, so all is good. And I'm yeah. awake. <laughs> I'm good, after today's news. So, excited to do another pod. Indeed, some some big news coming out of the club today. We'll we'll get to that in good time. Um, let let's break down the, the game on Saturday against Curzon first of all. So we've gone one 0 down to Curzon Ashton. They came into the game. I think they were seventh in the league. Correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, we went down one nil to them away earlier in the season in that um, rain affected game. But you know, it was just the difference. James Spencer was the difference on on 34 minutes. A, a, a face we're all familiar with, I'm sure. Gareth, break that one down for me. It was dire. That's it, it's broken Danny. down. No, it was. It just wasn't. We just looked at sixes and sevens. We didn't look interested. Um, somebody said to me after the game, Joe, he said it was like a, we were a mid-season, I mean, a mid-table team at the end of the season, just going through the motions. And in some respects, he was right for me. You know, we just didn't seem to have that urgency. It was too slow. Um, yeah, we had loads of set pieces, nothing came of them, and it was just it was just a bad watch, you know, some strange substitutions, yeah, some really strange substitutions, I thought, Marco, obviously, you know, I think we probably were in charge for for large portions of the game, certainly in that first half, we seemed like we were the team most likely to score, and then, as Gareth just alluded to there again it was it was a set play that's undone us, yeah. I think it were a carbon copy of Blythe, again. I don't think we were in re- any real danger uh, in the game. And then one chance and it's to go. And while we're not putting teams like that to the sword, we always risk that. Um, and we're always going to be open to be exploited that way. Set pieces in particular, um, very worrying. Both ends. I don't think we're scoring enough and defending we look really poor. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think we were... We looked in control. I don't think we were awful again. But like Gareth said, with the substitutions, it just, I said before on the other podcast, it's, I don't think it's been right since before Christmas. And there's just that urgency and like that. And it comes across as desired. And I know me and Max disagreed with the week, like saying, but we showed no heart or passion. And I think that's just, it's maybe, I've maybe worded it wrong, but it's just coming across that way. But they're not, there's just not that punch, there's not that bite. And I just can't put my finger on it. Mm. We'll, we'll get to the subs in a minute, but Max, there's a couple of things I want to kind of pick your brains about. The first thing I want to ask is, you know, I think a lot of us, certainly the other three of us, think we really are at risk. Every time we concede a set play, it feels like there's going to be a chance. Are you as concerned as we are with with set places in particular, kind of like corners or or free kicks from in that from in that corner region? Um, I. I feel like that's been a thing for watching Scunny for 20 years, if I'm being honest. Um, that doesn't feel like a new problem. Um, I've always felt the same with long throws, you know, even thinking back to, you know, playing Lincoln in the mid-2000s, you know, seeing somebody lining up, it still gives me a heart attack. Um, I mean, yes, because set pieces are an equaliser. You know, there, there is a lot to be said at any level for a good ball in pack the box, good routine. And even if you're a part-time side, you can very easily spend two, three hours a week working on good quality set pieces, defending and attacking them. And even if you have, for example, 10 men, you know, the any kind of numerical advantage is is eliminated in that in that moment. I, I think it's not something we've got to grasp with in certain games this season. I, I don't think there's any question of that, but I, I think, you know, I watch Man City sometimes and I think they're vulnerable from set pieces. I, unless you are that peak Tony Pulis Stoke, I think to a certain extent you're always going to be vulnerable from set pieces, but 
certainly in the final third, our end product has got to improve. You know, if 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 opposition can cut, sorry, if opposition sides can put good balls into the box, then so should we. I am sick of corners that don't beat the first man. I think in Bell's Britain it would be punishable what five, ten years hard labour, <laughs> or at least a week's, or at least a week's wages. Um, you know, I would rather see set pieces beat everyone than no one. So, you know, I, I hope it's something we fix between now and the end of the season because games are decided by thin margins. Gareth, I think we're kind of all in agreement, really, that we are vulnerable from set pieces. What, how would you remedy remedy it in the short term? So, for me. I'm looking at the fact, and I say this every week, but I'm looking at the fact we've got Andy Boyce on the bench and it, I just don't understand why he's not playing. He's, he's an absolute unit at the back. He wins almost it, every header in that in that area, you know. Grant, are we on about set pieces at the back or set pieces up top? At the back, defensively. Oh. That's where we seem to concede yeah. a lot. Yeah, but then Boyce is on the bench as well. You know, he gets his head in places. Sorry, I, I did say Boyce. I don't know if... Uh, oh, I thought you said Butler. Sorry, no, Boyce. Oh, I thought you said Butler. Yeah, Butler. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, Boyce. Oh, he does love Butler. That's a yeah. fair assumption. Yeah. No, no, it's Boyce. I said we've got Boyce on the bench. Oh, I heard um, Butler. Why is he not starting, basically, was my question. Um, he wins everything. He does win everything. And I don't know why he's not starting. He was doing all right. And then, you know, Coogan was out and he's come back in. I don't think, you know, there's any real reason to drop Boyce. I'm trying to think what game it was that he played last. Barsley away, I, I want to say. Was it? He certainly came off against um Because there was Peter a mistake. Sports. He came oh, off the last 10 minutes against Peterborough Sports, didn't he? Um, Up front. <laughs> he played, at, it was when we played Brackley. Um, when they won. Yeah, that's the um, one. Yeah, it was when he played then. I thought it was. A, I think he made a mistake, but I don't think it was enough to drop him personally. No. And it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I know you know Coogan's there and he's he's on good money, as well. I had to believe. Mm. And I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I think Boyce should play. He's he's one of them players that'll run through a brick wall. I feel yeah. you know he'll just get his head there, he'll get his body there if he has to. And he's, yeah, it might not be finesse, but you know he does what he does. What he does. And if ball needs booting out, ball will get booted out. I hear he's um, a pretty handy boxer as well, actually. But uh, <laughs> possibly that's a story for another day. But Marco, what? How would you remedy the situation, particularly defending these set pieces? You know, yeah. it's the first, it's the second, it's the third phases. We just we we can't deal with it. Yeah, I don't. The, the boys' argument is definitely a good one. Um, although I don't think set pieces side. I don't think that's where our problems are stemming from. Okay. Um, regarding set pieces, yeah, you'd always back boys, but Coogan's a really physical player. Yeah. Um, I don't point. think it's a case of just not winning headers. I think it's, I'm pretty sure, is Andy Butler, was he hired at Peterborough as like a set piece coach? So this, this is quite interesting. So, the, the interview earlier on when we played Peterborough Sports, there, there was certainly a comment from Jimmy where he said that our set-piece coach was Andy Butler. I yeah. have to say, as a fan, that was news to me at that point. Obviously, I know he's part of the coaching setup. I didn't realise his remit was specifically around set-pieces. That was a surprise, but he, he that was said in an interview. Yeah, because I remember the game last season, it was, um, it was Richard Everton's debut. I can't think who it was. Wasn't Barney, I think it was the game before. But mm. uh, on Humberside, after Jimmy Dean said, We've got Andy Butler in the building, who was a set piece coach. I remember him saying it, and so we need to use him. Mm. And I, I, very, I definitely remember that. So maybe that's there to be looked at. But like you said, like Max said, we do look vulnerable. But I feel like if we had a little bit more attacking, other teams would also come undone against us. I just don't think we're good enough in that final third regarding set pieces. Mm. And a lot of it's for delivery. So to bl- be blaming the centre halves for not scoring many, I think would be harsh. Um, of course, yeah, it's definitely cause for concern. Not just calling free kicks, dead ball, everything. Okay, so Max, we've gone in probably unlucky really to go in one nil down at half time. I certainly feel like we was the better team in that first half, but the second half was was a different story for me. We huffed and we puffed and we never really looked like scoring. So I, I think there's probably an argument that. So we as a collective probably underestimated Curzon in yeah. that, you know, many Iron fans will, 
will look at the attendance table or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll think back to the away game at Curzon where they had, I think, fewer than 250 home fans. They're fourth in the table. Like, yeah. that's not really a fluke. Um, they're clearly very well organised. They're clearly very well coached. The fact that they've managed to get there that high in the table, despite, I believe, losing the manager earlier this season to Kings Lynn, they've kept two clean sheets against us. I, you know, I, I'm not, yeah, I, I, I'm reluctant to say that, you know, maybe our confidence has taken a bit of a hit. There's maybe been a little bit of a hangover post-Tamworth or even post-Blind, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've done the double overs and I, I, I think we've probably got to be careful when you're playing against good sides, even if they're, Good at things that we might not value as much as fast flowing, sexy football, then yeah, we've we've probably got to do better against them. No, that's a fair point. Marco, I don't know what you thought, but did, did we did we look like scoring in that second half? No. <clears throat> that second half, like Mike Garrett said earlier with the sort of mid table pre season game, it was so pedestrian. Um and I think that's the perfect way to describe that second half. It was just so underwhelming. Um, the subs, I don't know if we can talk about them yet. When Danny Whitehall got took off, I mean, you're just thinking, what is going on? Um, again, it, I, I'm, I'm on repeat, but it's just, it, I, to me, the quality is there because we've seen we can do it time in, time out before Christmas. We've seen we can do it and it we're just, we just, we're not hitting those heights anymore and especially previously it was just like our waveform I remember I was talking it's just a bit iffy it's we can't seem to get on a road the same waveform as we can at home but now it's at home it's very concerning um, I know we're saying about finishing second gives us a big advantage in the playoffs whatever but we've we've been done a few times at home now um, and like we mentioned on the podcast earlier big crowds don't get results for us so mm. I don't think it would be as easy as we were expecting it to be. I feel like our aim still has to be the title. I know it's a huge stretch. Like, it's gone. Got to talk about it. It's yeah. gone. I mean, the gap's 12 points. We have that one game in hand. But I think going into the Blythe game, I certainly had a lot of hope because, you know, we've taken one point from the last two games and that gap is six points. Obviously, if we take... And the gap is currently 12 points, sorry. If we're taking six points from those two games then, you know, that gap would be down to seven points. I can't go. Do you want me to go full Gina? It's been had wheels. Yes. Say it. It's true though, isn't it? If, if that gap was seven yeah. points, we'd be having a very different conversation especially with one now, game in hand. But it's now, not. I've seen, I've seen this week, teams around us, especially, um, I read it, Alfreton have renewed three of their key players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamworth, I've seen sat with strengthened. Um so today's news, obviously we're going to come on to that, is huge because it, we can sort of sort of keep up. And I think yeah. we do need a bit of... I think the players have got a little bit too comfortable. Yeah. Just just mm. quickly then, Gareth, before we do move on to today's news, I wanted to kind of press press you a little bit on those substitutions and, and what was kind of going through your mind when we needed a goal, we're 1-0 behind, we probably need two goals at that point because, you know, we need to win these games. And... You know, there's the subs are made. Alfie Beeson comes on for, for Danny Whitehall and we make a defensive sub as well. What what was you thinking? The, the thing is, Danny Whitehall has just missed that header. Just put it over the bar. Yeah. You know, he's had that chance there. And that's what, you know, he's going to get chances. Mm. Being where he is, he's, 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 he's a good header of the ball. He is. You know, and um, yeah, he should have done better with that header. You know, should have had at least on target. But to then take him off literally seconds after... It's like it felt a bit like you're taking him off because he's just missed that. It can't be though, can it? That that I know it can't be, but that's what it felt like. I know it can't be. It must have been already planned, obviously. But that's what it felt like. And then when you see Beeston coming on, you think, well, where's he gonna go? Yeah. You know, what's he gonna do? Stick him up top to win headers like that. It's not gonna happen. You know that line you said last week or the week before, Marco, about but what are 20 minutes? I mean, Beeston came on (laughs) and what a 90 seconds. Like he was sprinting around like a madman. And then he blew. I was like, what is going on? I, 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 I can't get my head around Beeston and I can't get my head around, like Max, I know Max said last week, like he's, he's been done quite unfairly because we've not actually seen him as centre mid. Yeah. Um, 
and I just yeah I can't get my head around it in a minute I know obviously we were affected with long COVID previously but it looks and I've got a lot of time for beats and I thought it was fantastic before obviously we started plummeting it just doesn't look the same player no he doesn't no he doesn't right big news coming out of the club today then Gareth I'll go to you first it looks like we're in a position where the transfer embargo is about to be or has been lifted. The statement was both clear and ambiguous at the same time. It, it, it certainly said it was almost imminent that the embargo would be lifted. Now, it was interesting to me that if it wasn't completely secured yet, that they would jump to announce it. So that kind of made me think it must like be yeah. exceptionally close. I say it must be, it must be close or already done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you say, you know, why would they announce it and just get everyone's hopes up? And then there could be a, you know, tomorrow or actually it's not happening. So it must be, it must be done for that. But it's it's good news, it's what we need. It's like Marco said, you know, Tamworth have been signing players. Um, I think I'm trying to think of another team up top as well that signed somebody recently, quite good. Was it Shields? I don't know if it was Shields. I can't remember. Off to, I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think Shields it's, it's now that we need to be signing these players. As yeah. I said as well, you know, the players are getting too comfortable. There's nobody to, you know, with the injuries we've had, you look at the bench and you think, is it going to change much? So if we can bring somebody in that that can change a game, you know, and I think it, if we are bringing people in, it needs to be somebody from that knows the league for me. Yeah. yeah. That, we've got we've got some questions later on from the fans, particularly right. about who we would sign. So I'll just okay. ask you to hold it there for now. I'll show up, then. <laughs> I sound like Obviously. Debbie now, don't I? <laughs> um just Max, before we move on, just a quick one for you. Bef- without really telling me who you would sign, because we will get onto that, do you think that this embargo being lifted will be enough to make a significant difference between now and the end of the season? I.e., are we more likely to get promoted now? Um, I think we have to be more likely by default, because even if we don't go and sign three or four great players. Well, at least we're legally allowed to. Yes. Um, I, I was really interested in Gareth's point in terms of why announcing it now and sort of, you know, the perhaps slightly ambiguous language. Um, I actually think the timing of the announcements is good because probably now is, you know, today and this week, particularly as we have no game on, on Tuesday, um, the Iron fans are in the mood for good news. Yes. Obviously, the action on, on social media um, was uniformly fucking awful after Saturday's loss Um, but if you can play the news cycle well the the upside to it it is you know shiny shiny you can distract everybody Um, and I do think this is a good example of when good news is put at exactly the right moment to actually potentially give you know the iron some plans something else to focus on for the next five six days or or, or two three weeks so um, look we'll see I think it's been well established before that the wage bill probably is still, you know, particularly for this level, still too high. Um, So maybe wouldn't surprise me if, fine, if we do bring in a couple of players, but it'll have to be the right financial package. And maybe one or two players, if they come in, one or two players might have to leave. Um, I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be Todd Bowley at Chelsea, is it? No. No. So, Marco, literally last one before we move on. Are you still are you still a Jimmy Dean man? Do you still think he's, he's got enough about him and, and we'll get over this hump? Um, it's hard because I think any Iron fan on Saturday that didn't have that thought running through their head of would we be better off with somebody else, if they said they didn't have any thoughts, I think we'll be like, um, but through what Jimmy has gone through at the helm and the period that he has had to manage us in really, really testing times, yeah, we need to take a step back. I know on the podcast last week we said we've got it, it's it's so shit that we've got a Tamworth. Does that make sense? If they weren't yeah, here, yeah, yeah. we could have bought a sticky patch, we could have bought a sticky patch, yeah, and, and we'd still be okay. Obviously, it still wouldn't be good enough. We'd be demanding more, which I think is only right. But we'd sort of, I don't know if this is the right thing, we'd be getting away with it. Um, yeah. But Tamworth have left it, so we can't make a mistake, and we have. Um, so he's really unlucky in that sense. 
again, I'd be lying if I said tactically, I feel like there's some some decisions that leave you wondering. Um, for example, the Danny Whitehall sub on Saturday. But after what he's been through, Jimmy Dean, I no, no matter what, he could lose the next five, six of I feel like we have to give him the season. We have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I agree. I, I, I listen. I, I, I still rate him, mate. Like he's not, he's not a terrible manager, is he? We've had a couple, like what, four or five shit games, and even some of them we've managed to skank a win. Yeah. Now you could say well, we've got the players to do it, but having the players and getting the results are two different things. We're still so in it, second yeah, position. It was concerning, and I feel like you'd be wrong if you wasn't concerned. And yeah, Scunthorpe fans are right to question, um, Did, and that's everything. Like what we've been through. Now, everything seems to be sorted. You just want it working on the pitch as well. And I, I know sometimes it can be a little bit too... We, we sort of take, need to take a step back. Look where we are. Uh, we're second. If you'd, if you'd have said we had a team at the start, you'd have taken it. So we just... I feel we need to stick with him um, through good and through bad. Matt, I think that's, you, sorry, oh, go on, Gary. No, 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 I was no. going to say, I think that's the nature of a fan, though, being a football fan, isn't it? Of course it is. When things aren't going right, you look at the manager. Yeah. Think, we need to change it. But that's not always the case, you know. Like you say, it's a sticky patch. And as has been said, if Tamworth weren't doing so well and, you know, picking up points here, there and everywhere, we'd be top and big cushion. And, would, you know, you'd look at it and think, well, yeah, it's just a sticky patch. But because Tamworth are up there, you're thinking, manager needs going, we've lost, you know. And like we've got said as well about Curzon, they were seventh when we played them, the fourth now. But I think the week before they lost against Buxton, but before that, they'd gone on an eight-game run where they'd yeah. not been beaten. You know, so we need to go on one, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> Max, was you I, chomping at the bit there to say something? Um, I mean, I put my pen in the air. If that counts. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I would want Iron fans really to remember two lessons. One, sacking managers when you're in the playoff spots very, very rarely works. We've done that before under previous ownership. Didn't work. You see other clubs in other leagues do it. Really, really rare that it actually does the trick. And point two, you know, in, in terms of Jimmy Dean's track record, he's got a really strong track record of getting signs promoted. He has, yeah, That's correct. Five yeah. promotions in seven years with Peterborough Sports. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that every season they were winning the league by 20 points, I'm not, you know, Didn't I'm not going to... Gonna... Exactly. So when it comes to actually having a CV and being over the draw on positive experiences of getting sides through sticky patches and having them win big games in the playoffs when the margins are really fine, I think you've got to back that experience. And certainly, you know, we're, we're not top of League One anymore. If, if we were in the market for a new manager tomorrow... Yeah, they won't, they won't be queuing up, would they? <laughs> exactly. And I think it's so easy nowadays to, to fire off a tweet and demand perfection and think this. And, you know, I, I would urge people to take a step back, actually look at people's track records, <clears throat> think about what will, will help us the most over the next two and a half months. And do you know what, Max, right, in a funny kind of way, now that I've come to terms and accepted that it's going to be the playoffs, you know, it's, it's not going to be automatic. I'm like weirdly excited for the playoffs. Like, I've, I've already thinking, oh, like looking at the dates and thinking I can attend both games, so that's a big tick for me. And thinking about, you know, the kids being able to experience the playoff drama and all the rest of it in a weird kind of way without sounding like a happy clapper. Now that I've accepted it and I've stopped swearing, on Gareth's vlog, um, I'm, I'm quite excited actually. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the playoffs and uh, hoping we're going to get over the line. Right, oh, let's look. What... Oh, brutal! I, you know, I was just going to say very, very, very quickly. I promise that you that you're right about the kids. You know, I think for me and you, probably 99 playoff promotion. I know for other people, you know, 08, 09. If you could get promoted out of any division, oh, you would almost. Go I, I feel yeah. I feel like what you two are saying now. Is so so important, and like Barry just said about the kids, this is why we need to take a step back and realize what's happening because we were, we've been told hours of not getting a chance to experience that. Yeah, and I think we just need to take a step back and appreciate we're here, 
we're competitive and we're pissed off that we're not top of the league. Correct. Oh. Yeah, exactly, mate. You're right. Right, let's let's, let's look ahead to the next two games then. We've got two tough games, really. Uh, two away games. Scarborough, who currently sit in fifth position, and South Shields the Tuesday after, who currently sit in seventh. So two quite tough games coming up there, Gareth. Without you know, going too much into it, how many points do you expect we'll take? How many points would you be happy with? And who do you think will be the better team of those two that I've mentioned there? I'll I'll be happy with, three of them. I'd be happy with six points. <laughs> I think <Come> on. <laughs> I think we'll get four. That's good. I do think we'll get four. I think yeah. we'll draw with Scarborough and beat South Shields. Yeah. And what was the other question? Points? Uh, who do you, yeah? So it was who do you think will be the tougher test of the two? Will give us a tough game. I think I think it'll be Scarborough. Yeah, personally, but you know it's um, plastic pitch as well. So yeah, I don't think that you know that'll benefit them obviously yeah. more so than us. But yeah, I think I think it will be a tough game. You know, and also as well, I think with the you know we've sold the six hundred tickets that we got. There'll be a big vocal backing of Scunthorpe fans there, yeah. and hopefully the players react to that. In a positive way, and and as well, not just that, but the fans. You know, if it, if it does go a bit wrong, we don't need to be getting on the backs, because mm. I think on Saturday as well, the nervousness out from the crowd emanated onto the pitch, onto yes. the players. I heard you say that on the vlog, and I was really yeah. impressed with the use of the word "emanated." So well oh, done. I've used it again. Yeah. Um, that's I well, that's your vocabulary done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finished now. Oh, Gareth used a big word. Well done. <laughs> well, listen, I was surprised. He's from Armthorpe, you know. So there I don't is that. know where I'm from. Sorry. Well, you're doing deliveries now. You're delivering clothes, I heard today. Anyway, uh, Max, so. Oh, you've got the brass neck to slag off Armthorpe. Right. I've kept my mouth shut, but Max <laughs> just gave a nail on the head. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Anyway, Max, so Scarborough have taken only one point from their last three games, including a 3 0 defeat away to Chester on Saturday. So they really come into this game under not fantastic form, coupled with the fact that. We head into it under indifferent form. How do you think this one shapes up? I'll be honest. I I, I agree with Gareth in, insofar as I can see us taking four points. I've probably got the results slipped. Um, if, if you look at Scarborough, I know they're fifth and they've been up in the playoffs for quite a long time this season. Uh, they've lost 12 games this season. Yeah, which nobody in, the, nobody in the top 14, the top 14 has lost more than that. Uh, they've only drawn five, which only Bishop Stafford, who are bottom, have drawn fewer games. Um, so, I'm probably the one result I wouldn't expect to Scarborough is a, is a draw. Um, I could see there being a reaction. I could see maybe not being that pretty, maybe a bit of a direct, physical, nasty game. The crowd will be up for it both sides. There'll be about four thousand policemen there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we won under similar circumstances at Banbury. Um, but in terms of South Shields, hey, look, if we, you know, if we get six points from those two games, we're back, baby. Um, HMS Pistol League's back, isn't it, Marco? <laughs> I've um, I, I've still got very bad memories of um, South Shields last season. So I, I am not predicting a Scunthorpe win up at there at any time soon. Um, but, Look, if, if we can go to Scarborough, it, it would be, in a weird way, it'd be a statement win if we could get it. Yeah. Um, you know, we lost away at Chester, we were third. We lost away at Curzon, we were fourth. Uh, and we've got, we lost away at Brackley, who were sixth twice. Um, and we've got the other two teams in the playoffs next. <laughs> you know, we, we've got work to do, but if, if we play like we can, and we, and we you know, create chances in the final third, we can go to Scarborough, Mark. Obviously, you're, you're going to Scarborough on Saturday, unless you've bottled it. <laughs> Six fifty-nine train from Selby. Let's go. Go, no. Undignified <laughs> Burke. Oh, I'll be there, loud and proud. I might be a little bit merry if you do see me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to surprise you here. I'm going six points. Wow, six points, and I. I think we, I think we're going to run through Scarborough. I, what I saw <laughs> there, what is going? Sorry, was you at the same game on Saturday? I'm telling you now. <laughs> what I, I t- I'm gonna, 
I what I saw Scarborough at what was then Glanford Park. I wasn't impressed at all. That's uh, fine, but have you seen us at Glanford Park as well? <laughs> yeah, but we're not at Glanford Park. Well, that's fair enough then. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, I, I like Max said. I think there's going to be reaction, and I think the boys are going to take it really well. Uh, nice. Do you know? You say that though. I thought there'd be a reaction on Saturday from Blythe. Yeah, well, it was shit. And <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's what I mean. So we, we expect a reaction, and it doesn't come. It's going to be yeah. a good. It's going to be a good. I've got a good feeling. Good. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it, but Saturday was bad. It was one of. I know you guys. Well, Marco particularly thought Blythe was really shit. Honestly, Saturday was terrible. Saturday was a bad one for me. It was it was like a moment of, yeah, this is bad. Like, <laughs> we're not in a good way here, guys. <laughs> right, let's move on to some questions from the fans then. So, Becky kicks us off. And I'll go to you first, Gareth, if that's okay. Becky says, which position on the pitch do you personally feel needs to change the most to get us back on track? I presume that kind of means with, with the transfer embargo being lifted. And Dan Maris added that he thinks we need pace on the flanks and physicality in central midfield. Yeah, definitely midfield for me. We need somebody in there who's going to get the boots stuck in, not afraid to be tackled, not afraid to put a tackle in. Mm. Um, yeah, because, because right now for me, there's not enough of it, you know, and there's too much space. We're not closing now. We need somebody snapping at heels in the midfield for me. I think that's where a lot of it comes from, a lot, you know, a lot of the problems for me. Fair enough. Max, she followed it up with a question um, saying that, you know, now the embargo has been lifted, have you seen anyone over the season that you think would be a good addition for us as a club? Oh, that's, um, that's a good question. I, I'm sometimes a bit reluctant to, you know, you, you sometimes see your player play to against Scunny. You haven't prepped, have you? You haven't prepped. Um, look, every time I used to see Alex Pell play against Scunny in the middle of a park from Wimbledon for Cheltenham, I thought, God, there's a player. He's six foot four. He's spraying the ball about. He's just, you know, he's really good. And then, you know, he's playing for Colchester, who are third bottom in League Two. Yeah. And, and you look at it and go, like, if he was playing like he does against us 30 times a season, well, he'd be at the top end of the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'll be, I'll, I'll be totally honest. If if we did try and reinforce in wide areas, um, I liked both Russell's wingers. Um, I thought the little the little number eleven and the little number nineteen, and I'm allowed to cop out on the names because they weren't on the back of their shirts. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I, I, I thought I thought they were quite I thought they were quite smart. They certainly caused. Um, Ogle problems on the on on the right and you know on the on the left that both um, fullbacks both <coughs> centre. But I, I'm not massively sure we will reinforce in wide areas depending on how bad um, Roberts's hamstring injury is. But look, we'll we'll see we'll see what signings come in if they do, how soon they do, if anybody leaves as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um... Gareth, I know you've been to, you've seen Brackley a few times this season. For me, there was um, Cosmot Matwasa, who's like, um, he's played on the wide and he has played, what are you laughing at? He's played out wide. Oh, I just remember your it. pronunciation from the first time we were there in the FA Cup. So, so it was a bit worse, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. did start with a C. It, sound, it, it sounded like a curry. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did. But when I saw, yeah, when I was giving him dogs abuse, it did start with a C, but it wasn't Cosmos. Um, obviously, I think we tried to sign him in the summer. I have a yeah. feeling like he was supposed to turn up for a medical and just pied us off and ended up at Brackley. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's a memory of. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I heard that. You're on I'm, your own. I'm right. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Shall I tell you who I did like from Brackley? Yeah, go on. The defender. Alex um, Goodyear, is it? Number five. Yeah, when no, we played him, yeah. he scored the goal. He got his head on everything. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely everything. My decent player. The other one that sticks in my mind, and I, I did speak about him on the pod multiple times, was Sam Minahan at Buxton. Mm-hmm. I thought that effectively the three times we've played him this season, and that's including the one that was abandoned. He's done a job on us three times, um, particularly the home game where we lost 3-0. I think he scored... And he just he had Cam Wilson on string that day, like he, he was just pulling him all over. Uh, he's actually only twenty nine, which really surprised me. When I looked at that today because he does look a little bit older. 
I feel like he's a really tough right back to get past, but surprisingly good going forward. Like he does offer you quite a lot um, offensively. So he, he would have been my player. So yeah, Paul Smithson asks um, if we think there'll be any new players in this week and if we had any kind of inkling who that might be. Marco, you can jump in. Oh, <clears throat> so point A, I think there will be some somebody through the door. Um, purely going off Michelle's cryptic tweet yeah. tonight, um, <laughs> which is great to see. It's great to see them sort of having a bit of fun after what they've been up to the last few weeks. Yeah. They deserve it. So I'm, I'm all for that. So it does seem like there might be some heads through the door. Uh, do I know who we are? No. Otherwise, I would be getting them printed on the back of my shirt already. Yeah. Because they are very welcome. <laughs> but um, no, I think, I think there will be some heads through the door and I think we're very much needed. Just a shout out to Callum Brickley who asked a very similar question, but I think we've covered that now. Max, I'll go to you next. This this one comes from Stephen Howe and he, he asks if it's just free agents we can sign now outside of the window or does that not apply to, to the National League? I can, if, you, if you want me to jump in, I can, but I'm sure you've got um, it. No, um, it, my, my understanding of the legal situation is that the, the lack of window or if there are dates to change of window, goes to the purchasing buying club. So, for example, you know, you've seen clubs in Saudi Arabia buying players from Western leagues <coughs> when, it's, when it's in their window. Um, so, you know, we could go and get a player online from a League 2 club or, you know... Yeah, I think I think he maybe does. Yeah, I think it's maybe that he doesn't realise that we can effectively sign players until the thirty first of March. So that's the 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 latest date for registering a player in non league. Obviously, if we was in League Two, you know, there's the the summer and then the January transfer windows. But no, in non league, uh, you can sign a player at any point in the season up until the thirty first of March. So it's basically the last the last three four weeks you you're not eligible to sign a player. So that still gives us you know five six weeks to get somebody through the door. But of course. We would need to sign somebody quickly for it really to reap a benefit. Um, the last question comes from Stuart Moore, and there's, there's quite a lot of questions rolled into one. So, Gareth, I'll go to you first. And this says, how do you feel Jimmy feels with all the abuses received from some supporters? At the end of the day, we're second in the table. The club are in debt. He showed loyalty whilst not being paid. Why do we have such a toxic environment over managers? Then I'll the second half I'll probably come to Max, but do we think this is the same at every other club? So yeah, Gareth, I do think just kick it, us off. I do think it's the same at every other club. Like I said earlier, it's just, it's it's what fans do. Mm. You know, they want to be winning all the time, and and the person that gets it ultimately is the manager. That's yeah. who they vent the frustration at. Um, he'll be hurting. You know, it's like you said, he's being said before. He's done bits where he's not been getting paid. He's stuck with the club. He speaks highly of the club and the fan base. You know, so for him to be getting booed or the players getting booed, he'll take that personally. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I know he reads media and watches the vlogs and he'll probably listen to these podcasts as well. Um, I hope so. Well, well yeah, but I, I do. That's I do. <laughs> I, I, listen, if you are, I'm still backing you, Jimmy. I do I do think it would have hurt him, yeah. you know. He's, he's gone off down the tunnel afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um not come onto the pitch, which, you know, I put a tweet out saying that he should have done. Just put his hands up, acknowledge the fans. You know, some fans would have respected that yeah. more. Um, but it's, you know, it's his prerogative at the end of the day, what he does and how he does it. And, you know, obviously he knew the embargo was up and he's just gone down to get onto the blower to get some players in. <laughs> You're so, a cheeky chappy. You're a cheeky chappy, Gary. Yeah, no, I think it would have, it would have hurt him. And hopefully he um, takes it on the chin and... Uh, Moves on. It's character building, shall we call it? <laughs> if if we're okay, guys, can we move on to to the next segment? So we have a, a quiz lined up. Do Something you wanted to add there, Max? I could see you. Um, you're always eager to jump in. And yeah, but I'm also eager to win the quiz. So yes, it's okay. I'm, I'm very much caught between a rock and a hard place here. Probably. Okay, right. We'll 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 crack on. So as always, I encourage you guys to play along at home. Um, we've got two rounds today. We've got. A first round dedicated to the 13-14 season and the second round is dedicated to the current season. So the first round, who wants to kick us off? Who wants to put their head above the parapet? Think it with Max. Yeah, okay, Max. That's fine. Underrated, <laughs> underrated, underrated season. Come at me. Okay. 
So, Max, who was our first away game of the 13-14 season? Who were we playing in our first away game of the 13-14 season? As always, there is multiple choice available should you require. Um, give, give me multiple choice so I can use the fact that people are playing along at home as a cop-out for the fact that I'm panicking. Okay, so I, I, as always, I will name them in random order. So do not read into the fact who I'm reading first or second or third. It is complete random order, okay? So the three options are Bristol Rovers... He's in my head already. So Bristol Rovers, Burton Albion or AFC Wimbledon. They are your three choices. Uh, AFC Wimbledon was early. We lost 3-2, having been 2-0 up at half-time. At which point, I believe the supporters were busted them down and turned up at half time, which swung up 2 0 up. Thought this is jackpot, and then we lost 3 2. Um, I don't believe that that was the first away game. No, I, I thought that was more towards the end of August. Um, and the other two were Bristol Rovers and Burton. Were they, were they the other two choices? Yes, yeah. Um, so, so this is the quick fire round. Um, <laughs> um, it's a shame because the first game was Mansfield, but that was at home. Um, so, do, 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 on that basis, I will go for Bristol Rovers. Is the correct answer. Congratulations! Yeah, it was a nil-nil draw. Gareth, I'll go to you next, and I hope you're going to get this one. So the iron kicked off 2014, so the 1st of January 2014, with a 3-0 home win against who? As always, there are three choices up for grabs. Oh. Should you want them? I'll, I'll need them because my memory, as I always say, is shocking. So your three options in no particular order are Morecambe, Oldham and Rochdale. I'm going to go Rochdale. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. Well, and now that Max is clapping you, you know it's the correct well, answer. Well, it, it was the final answer anyway. You know, quick <laughs> yeah. fire, quick fire, straight in there. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Marco, <laughs> one for you then. Who scored the final goal of our 13-14 season? Oh, my God. Again, multiple choice. We, so had, we had an absolute squad that year. So your options are Terry Hawkridge, Paddy Madden or Dave Sayers? It's not Paddy. Uh, I'm going to go Dave Sayers. Is not correct. It was Terry Hawkridge. Oh, it was. So, I remember well, that I, season. I had written down. I had the right answer. Do you not remember about that season? And it's really annoying me because I thought I'd be ready because I pretty much know the whole... We had Esaias. Etienne yeah, Esaias. Etienne Esaias, yeah. He did score a goal. Hell of a player. Plymouth. Home, home to Plymouth. Home to Plymouth. Cracking yeah. um, player. So, yeah, and, so... Paddy Madden got the penultimate goal of the season and Terry Hawkridge got the final one in the 38th minute and the game ended a 2-2 draw at home to York City. That's fine. Yeah, Max, we know that you know. That's fine. Just let the host (laughs) do his talking, if that's okay. Okay, so so the end of round one. Go on, mate. Get your pennies in. What are you trying to say? So Max and Gareth are tied on one point and Marco propping up the rear (laughs) with... (laughs) <laughs> with, with zero points. This is why let the host do the talk because oh. you make um, and you start wetting yourself. Okay, so the next question is: Come on, get it together, yeah. son. Get the next together. question is to you, Max. Okay, so the question to you, Max, is: Where do you think the Iron are this season in terms of away games? So the away the way of form table. What position do you think we are? Obviously, there's no multiple. Like, yeah, I can give you three random positions, but they'll all be close together, so it wouldn't help you anyway. <laughs> what an outrageous question! Um, do you want three options? It, it, yeah, somewhat on point of principle. Yeah, third, fourth, and fifth. Fifth. Incorrect. We are yeah. third. Yeah. Well done, Marco. We are third in the away form table. Who knew? There we go. Oh. Maybe perhaps a bit of perspective. We've slacked off the away form for quite a bit this season. I mean, no. we're not going to be top of the home form, are we? So. And 
And I feel like we've played... I checked it the other day, weirdly. We've played two less than the team in second. Mm. Uh, we're, be- we're behind but... only Tamworth and Curzon. There we go. Oh, yeah, Kurz, I think Curzon a second, mate. Yeah. Six points ahead, but we have got two games less. So potential could even be second. Okay, so the question for you, Marco, is who do you think has the most assists for the Iron this season? Your options are Elliot, Butterfield and Scales. See, Butterfield's a stat king, but I think it might be Elliot. I'm going to go Elliot. Incorrect. It's actually Scales with five. Both Butterfield and Elliot have four. So you're out. But Gareth can, nice can win this. If Gareth Oof. gets this right, he wins. If he gets it wrong, then it goes to the tie break. Oh, so, the question for you, Gareth, to win it is Andy Butler scored in the Lynx Cup this season versus Gainsborough. But what was the final score of that game? Oh, bloody hell. Again, multiple choice <laughs> is available. The options are 5 1, 7 2, or 6 2. 5 1. Incorrect. It was seven two. How was it? Did you know that, Max? Yeah, but you know, no consolation. That's fine. Have so you got, have you got a tie break? We've got a tie break, yes. So obviously only Max and Gareth are eligible for this That's tie break. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so to win this, um before I ask the question, who would like to go first? Let's let's just settle that now. Or perhaps do you know what actually if you could write the answers down, okay. I would prefer to do that. If you could write the no. answers down and show me them. Okay, so the question I'm, is... I'm playing, by the way. You can play along. The question is, how many minutes has Dion Sembi-Ferris played in the league for Scunthorpe United this season? So how many league minutes has Dion Sembi-Ferris scored, played for the Iron this season? Closest wins. Closest wins. Not you, because on our lasses bank statement. So please don't. Let me just get my calculator out here. No, I've actually done it on her bank statement. So if you uh, there's no money in it. All right, so, Marco, what's your answer? Can I just confirm everybody has written something down? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I've got Marco's. Gareth, what's yours? See that? Yeah, I've got that. And Max, what's yours? Okay. One five Got that. So the the answers given by our team were two three seven by Marco. Okay. So I'm just working this out. You were one hundred and seventy six away. Gareth went with six one eight. And Gareth, you were two hundred and five minutes away. And Max, I'm not even going to bother working yours out. You finished appallingly at the bottom there. So oh. the correct answer was 413. So that means that our winner is Gareth with just 205 how, minutes away. How far was Gareth off? He was 205. Okay. Oh, my God. Are you close? Don't be giving me a winner and take it away. No, he was too five far off. So the correct answer was 413. So, so Max was 254 minutes away. Gareth was 205 minutes off. What about Marco? Yeah, you were 176 away, buddy. But unfortunately, you didn't get anything else right. So <laughs> that means our winner this week is Gareth. So round of applause for Gareth. Well done, buddy. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we've got just enough time for a hero, idiot, a moment of the week. And I know this is a, a, a favourite for a lot of listeners. So... As quick as we can, we've probably only got seven, eight minutes. Marco, kick me off. Who was your hero of the week? Hero? Um, I'll be annoyed if I lose this. Okay. Uh, so I had it in my head, but I'd actually stay awake for that stupid game of NFL. Um, <laughs> before the game, the African Nations final was on. And yeah, Howler how scored the winner. Uh, it was actually a cracking <laughs> finish. Um, Gareth is not happy. Gareth is oh, not happy. Sorry, Gareth. This just shows how little prep there is, because I think I'm out of the same answer as Gareth. But even so, rightly so, because what Seb Aller has gone through these last few years, obviously battling with cancer, coming back, and if anything, getting better. Uh, for him to score the winner in the African Nation final, I think so fitting. Uh, he's my hero. Yeah, that's that, okay. that who mine was as well. Okay, I've got, you know, 
Okay. You've made notes. I'm really impressed. Oh, Have you, you made know, I've notes? Prepped, I've prepped. Okay. Oh, I sat through right. it last week. So I thought I'd best yeah. put notes down because obviously, you know, I copied Max the week before. Yeah. And I thought I need to write stuff down. So Max, who was your hero of the week? Um, so it's very, very different to Marco's. And look, Marco's going to win the point. Um, but I, I wanted to go for somebody a, a little bit left field. And, um, and my, my hero of the week was the manager of the Priory Pub in Scumford. Um, see, Gar- uh, Barry's shaking his head, so I know I'm struggling. Um, because, um, because speaking of the Super Bowl, they were until five o'clock in the morning showing it. Um, and that myself and another Scunny family only stayed for the first quarter because uh, I have work this morning. Um, but honestly, there was a really good crowd in there. The manager of Mulligan was in there. Um, old, young, white. And speaking of somebody who's not a massive, I'm not a massive nightclub guy. I'm sure that shocks no one. But the, the thought of being able to sit in the pub, have a big fry or watch something until four or five o'clock in the morning sort of gets at me. And perhaps it's a little something we're going to have to get used to for when the World Cup's in a in America in a, a couple of years' time. So, yeah, manager of the Priory, great effort. Nice. Do you know what? Yeah, mate, you can have the points. Why not? The, the other two aren't original, so why not, Max? You can have it. <laughs> right. Who Who is your uh, idiot of the week? Marco. Is it me? You melt. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> One, it's not a real sport. <laughs> and two, it's for a pub opening late. You just give the points... Because a pub opened later than it should have been. Fuck it, why not? Right, okay. Well, anyway, well, Mr. Blobby, right, what do you want me to do? <laughs> What's the question? Idiot of the week. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> whoever suggested blue cards is my idiot of the week. Yes, what I like an that. An absolute melt. And they all say, oh, it's for rule makers. No, there should be a rule in place that there are no more rules. The game isn't broke. All you're doing is making the game worse. For example, if you give a blue card, that team with a sin bin is just going to time waste for 10 minutes to get that player back on the pitch. And they've got it in red for all these players and assholes. They all are. They're all <laughs> ass, like they're for not diving the, the con in the ref. It, 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 they are going to exploit it to hell. Absolute idiots. Blue cards. Yeah, I rate that. I rate that. Max, who's no, yours? Max will get points. He'll, uh, he'll say drain pipes or something. <laughs> <laughs> drain pipes. Um, so, well, to be fair, it'd be a, it'd be a week. I did think about saying North Industry Council for not collecting everybody's brown bin. Oh, for God's um, sake! But because Marco is already looking disappointed at me, I was going to go for an Afcon flavour, and it's. Uh, my idiot of the week is Jean-Louis Gasset, um, who was the manager of Ivory Coast, who they sacked after the group stage and then went on to win the whole thing. Like, when has that happened before? <laughs> you know, imagine him sat at home going, oh my God, they've won the tournament. <laughs> my players, and I got us out of the group, but they sacked me anyway. Yeah, it's your Louis Gasset. I'm sorry, mate, but that, that's got a sting. Gareth, who's yours? Debbie. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> just, just for taking her work phone, which I've needed, um, to the USA. Right. So other than I that, mean... just leave it there. Okay. It's quite ironic because that's set even Gareth's doing a pod from his way of sleeping for next week now. <laughs> <laughs> She won't, she won't mean, hear it. She's still there. She won't hear this. You say that, but I will clip it and send it to her on private <laughs> messenger. So trust me, buddy, she is going to hear that. And on that logic, I quite clearly cannot give you the points. And they go to Marco this time just for his passion more than anything. And I think that's the first time I've ever heard you actually speak sense, buddy. So yeah, you get the point there. Well done. Hey, I went viral this week for being a wise man. <laughs> oh, listen, mate, you, you've been viral a few times. I've heard about you. <laughs> Right, idiot of the... No, we've done that. It's me. Um, what was your moment of the week, Gareth? Um, the embargo being lifted. Yes. Get Just, in you know, everyone involved with that, Scunthorpe, Michelle, Lee, 
James, everybody. Just but do some Melton. more names. Go on, another name. Rog, <laughs> Ian, Simon, yeah. Lindy and Accounts, <laughs> um, Andy Brown, Sam, Danny Stamp, Kev Albridge. Your boys crowd. have taken what? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, just, just, just everybody that's been involved with that, you know, getting the debts paid off. Um, Stuart Moore for, you know, raising money. Um, Rusty for the um, race night. Just, you know, everybody that's been involved. And it's, it's a big thing for everybody. And everyone's, you know, buzzing off it. Media's awash with happiness. And, yeah, I'll shut up. Go on then, Max. Who's your, what was your moment of the week? Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you a choice here, because look, Gareth has given the correct answer. The moment of the week is the embargo. Now, do you want me to say embargo, or do you want me to say something else for the fans? Just don't you want, mate? You always help. You do normally, like <laughs> when, when do you listen to anything I say. I've told you not to wear that outfit for four years, but you don't listen. Like, do you know what I mean? Like my granddad, mate. Like, what do you mean outfit? It's just a jumper, honestly. Um, I've got my little Irish iron top on under it. No, me 82-83 retro kit. Even. Um, right, on that basis, then I will not go for the embargo because that's boring. Uh, my my moment of the week would be... Uh, see, this is how little prep we do. Um, let's, let's go for the Super Bowl. Um, on the basis that I, even on Twitter... Um, Taylor Swift gets an absolute dog's amount of abuse for the decisions that TV broadcasters make. And I saw a clip doing around on, on the news this morning when she rushed onto the pitch and sort of embraced her boyfriend who was playing in it and gave him a, gave him a big kiss. And I thought that was an excellent and well-deserved fuck you to the sad, lonely misogynist who's got nothing better to do than honk that in a five-hour broadcast it cuts to an incredibly famous singer in the crowd cheering twice. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a Swifty, but I've got, I've got an 18 year old half sister. Is she's off to see in the summer, and I think the way in which we treat celebrities, particularly women celebrities, for not really doing anything wrong, sends a fucking rank message for the women of the future. So um, yeah, my my moment of the week is Taylor Swift. Uh, kissing her, kissing her boyfriend, and um, I hope um, everybody will calm down and let let her live a life now. That's really poignant message there, Max. And I'm almost reluctant to rip into you, but did you just say Swifty? I'm, you... I, I'm, I'm down with the kids. Jesus, Marker, what's your oh, moment of the week? <laughs> Marco, what's your moment of the week? Uh, well, Max does make a very good point. Um, <laughs> my head's gone. Um, Max does make a good point. But mine is actually, I feel quite confident here. Uh, me and my dad, for some reason, ended up watching German football. Oh, wow. My moment is Leverkusen, because I've... What has Harry Kane got to do? I mean, <laughs> he's gone to the team who a title is inevitable nearly every single year. 11 consecutive yeah. years they've won and it. And then he rocks up and it's just gone to the docks. Um, yeah, Chabby Alonso's doing an amazing job. And obviously he's been linked with Liverpool. Um, and I don't think it's sort of a one-season wonder. I think he has. He really has got them playing. Um it's not the best 11. I mean, we've got Nathan Teller, who, yeah, I know. Like, if, if you'd have said he's going to win a Bundesliga title, you'd have laughed a year ago. Um, so, yeah, that's my moment. I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I hate saying that because I know you're going to thrive off it for a few weeks, but um, no, that's my moment. <laughs> well, I want to give the points to Gareth, but I can't because, you know, like, what has he got to do? Do you know, if they don't, if, if Munich don't win a, a trophy this year, I think it'll be like the first time since. 1847 or something. Which kills me for the Euros, because that's England not winning a trophy. Ooh. Oh, do you know what? I've just taken the point away from you. Yeah, 2-1. Yeah, go on, you can have it. 2-1, you've won. Um, I think that's it, really, for, for this episode. We've had a good one. Just one thing to mention, the charity football match, of course, on the 25th of 
February we're in yeah. now, which is next week. Uh, obviously, we, you can donate on that. We'll put all the information on our page. One, one, so my moment of the week and my hero of the week would have been somebody who's played in that game, and that's Kieran Robinson, Robinson, who's raised a lot of money for Evie and been doing a lot of the publicity. Now, he boxed yesterday, actually, at, at in Kroll and he boxed for Riddins ABC and he got an amazing win. It was a fantastic bout. It was such an honour of me to to be uh, emceeing for that one. And it was a really, really close contest and he just picked it on a split decision. So I just wanted to give a shout out to you, Kieran, because you are playing in that charity match and you are a legend. Also, so- can I just mention, I saw the picture you put on Facebook of that. Fair play, I love them shorts. Oh, yes. Yes, and he was wearing Scunthorpe United shorts. Of course, we have to mention that. So, uh, yeah, right. That's it for this episode. I think hopefully we've just gone under an hour. So thank you for listening. Up the iron. Up the iron.